The following shear is given Lizuchus Lerefua Shlema Hashlucha Henya Bas Brocha Devoidalea. Review the Sicha Aleph of Parsha Shmois in the section in the volume 36. We have a very important lesson uh, the Rebbe learns from this Parsha that um, you know, a lot of times you know, we face obstacles, you know, like in our uh, decision, even when we want to keep uh, Torah and do mitzvahs and we are uh, trying very hard, but we find uh, obstacles, we find things that don't allow us. And the Rebbe uh, says, learns from this parsha that if you have full confidence it is the confidence that you have. If you have confidence that Hashem will help you succeed, then you will succeed. In other words, uh, if you can feel comfortable, you can convince yourself in your mind, uh, of course you have to do whatever you can logically as well to help yourself. But it is the um, decision, it's in your head. If you decide that you're going to do that, and you are 100% comfortable with it. You know, you make up your mind, you say, yes, I am going to do it, and whatever happens, I can do it, and you are not worried, and you're not uh, questioning, and you're not hesitating, but you're just confident. So then we know there's an expression of the Tzemach Tzedek, who said, if you think positive then it will be positive. The Rebbe will explain uh, a message, a lesson from this portion uh, that uh, what it means to trust Hashem. What is the idea of trusting Hashem? We'll discuss a little bit what does it mean to believe in Hashem and what does it mean to trust Hashem. Is believing in Hashem and trusting in Hashem the same thing? We'll see, no, these are two separate aspects, but uh, first, you know, let's just start from a regular story that the Chumash talks about, and um, you know, we read in the story about Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu becomes big, he goes out to his brothers, he sees that there is an Egyptian man beating up on a uh, Jewish man, so he goes and he smites the Egyptian, he uses God's name, the Shem HaMephodesh, to kill the Egyptian. And then it says another story. Uh, on the second day, he goes out and he sees two Jewish men, Dasun Vaviram, quarreling. And one raises his hand to beat the other one. He calls out to him, he says to the Russia, why do you smite your friend? And then... This, uh, one of the one who says, are you intending to kill me like you killed the Egyptian? Mm-hmm. He said, now he thought, he looked here and there, he thought nobody saw him. Now he saw that he said. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, was very scared. The verse says, Vayira Moshe. Moshe was scared, he was frightened. Vayomer, and he said, Oh, this thing has become public. You know, people know about it. And I'm going to get in trouble. So he was uh, afraid. Mm -hmm. Uh, And actually what happens? 
shortly after. They go to Pharaoh. They tell Pharaoh that this Moshe has killed the Egyptian. And Pharaoh wants to kill Moshe Rabbeinu, and Moshe runs away to Midian. That's the story we read in the Chumash. Why would a Jew who is being enslaved rat on someone who was trying to protect their fellow Jew? Well, you know, look at Bernie Sanders and look like... (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, you have a lot of Jews that, you know, are self-hating Jews and notwithstanding the... the, But the point here is that, um, you know, whatever the the case was, uh, they were always troublemakers. Rashi points them out by name and he just mentions them, what they did all along and then up to Korach. Finally, by Korach, eventually, after this was a long time later, yeah. they finally, um, you know, uh, this was already after they were in the desert already, and yeah. with Moshe Rabbeinu over there, after finally, they actually went or swallowed by the ground together with uh, Korach and his community. But they were troublemakers. These were the troublemakers, all the time troublemakers. So, what, what does it mean that Moshe was afraid? So, really... When you read in the simple meaning, he was afraid because uh, now he's going to get into trouble. And it actually happened that he got into trouble, that he had to run away, and he went away to Midian. Eventually, it turned out he met his wife over there, he met Sipora, and he married, and then he came back. And the whole story with the burning bush, you know, as we're going to read further in the Chumash. But something over here is missing over here. So this is what there is. The, the, the question is, why is the Torah telling us this piece that Moshe was afraid? Now, the rest of it is part of the storyline. So we're trying to tell you that Moshe Rabbeinu killed the Egyptian, and because he killed the Egyptian, then the Torah also has to tell us that it was observed by these two uh, men and and it also tells us the story that he told because he intervened and he tried to stop them, so they got angry and they went and they told. And that's why Moshe Rabbein ended up in Midian and then the whole story, that's the storyline. But these few words in the middle uh, that Moshe was afraid uh, and he says, well, why is that? Why is the Torah telling us about Moshe Rabbeinu's feelings? You know, that Moshe Rabbeinu was afraid. He said, well, it was sort of discovered. Now people know about it. Torah could have just told him, fight it. He got involved, they got angry at him, and they went and they told. But this part, that he was afraid, that doesn't seem like to add anything to the storyline. To the, to the extent that this is something which troubles Rashi, and Rashi comes up with another interpretation. And we're going to see, this is the point that the Rebbe builds. The Rebbe wants to show us that this saying that he was afraid, Moshe Rabbeinu saying, I was afraid, the Torah was trying to teach us that the problems that actually, that took place to Moshe Rabbeinu was because he was scared and because he didn't trust Hashem. It's because he said, oh, people found out about it, and therefore, so you see, as soon as he said that, it's not only that he thought about it, but he actually said it. And he says, oh, 
I'm scared. Mm-hmm. It's no. That is actually why he had to run away in this story. The Torah is trying to teach us mm-hmm. that don't be scared. Don't be scared. Trust in Hashem. This is going to be the discussion. So Rebbe is going to explain the reason the Torah is telling us that he was scared is to tell us that it was his fear that actually brought about him the later on that he had to run away. If he wasn't scared, he wasn't fearful, then he wouldn't have to run away. So, first, let's just mention, Rashi gives another, Rashi gives another interpretation. Rashi gives another interpretation, because Rashi is bothered by why are we telling you about all these things. Rashi gives you a whole different interpretation. That, Moshe Rabbeinu was scared not for his own safety, but rather Moshe Rabbeinu was scared for the Jewish people. Moshe Rabbeinu was scared. He saw that there is rats amongst the Jewish people. And he says, oh, you know what? They may not be fit to be redeemed, you know, because look, look how they're behaving. He saw that there's like, bad apples, there's bad Jews over there. So the fear... Rashi explains in the second commentary it wasn't his safety, but it was he was fearing for the Jews. And already we have to explain. So what does he say? Oh, now everybody knows about it. So Rashi also has to twist it a little bit. And Rashi says, oh, now it's known why the Jewish people are suffering. In other words, because there is rats among them, because they are going to the government and getting another Jew in trouble, because Moshe Rabbeinu says, oh, now I understand why we are suffering. Why are the Jewish people in, uh, in, in exile and they've been put through all these troubles? Um, because look how they're behaving, you know, they almost deserve what they're getting. So th- this is a whole nother take on the pshat, which is not really the simple meaning, because we have to twist all the words, uh, and also, just the whole thing, you know, I mean, this wasn't uh, because of a sin that the Jewish people were there, Hashem had already told Abraham before that they would be there, I mean, this isn't like, and, 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 and to say, now I know, because this, when after they threatened him, they hadn't yet got to the, uh, that happened a little later on, they went, but he already, so this is not such a, uh, a comfortable interpretation. The reason Rashi needs to, because Rashi has a problem, otherwise, why is the Torah telling us that he was scared? I mean, who, that seems to be, so Rashi's trying to find some other interpretation, instead of saying that he was just scared by himself. He's trying to say there was scared for the Jewish people, and bringing in something stretched a little bit in the shot, but still, we have to, the Rebbe is looking for a reason in the simple meaning, that yeah, Moshe Rabbeinu was afraid. Uh, so... Does he say I'm afraid for myself? Or in the Pashat, he was afraid for himself, for his own safety. So, yeah, so actually, there are two people in the Chumash that we find that the Pasuk says that they were afraid. And the Medrash picks up on it, and it says, one of them was Jacob, was Yaakov, 
when he was facing his brother Esau, when Esau came, so it says, Vayira Yaakov ma'oit, Vayetzer loit. That Yaakov was very scared, and he was very uncomfortable. And um, the Medrash picks up, he said, he says, the two of the most distinguished people, one of them was the distinguished of the father, which is Jacob, Yaakov, of the three fathers, Yaakov is the distinguished one, because he had all of his children and uh, remain in the tribes, so he's the distinguished one of, of the forefathers, and also the distinguished one of the prophets, which is Moshe Rabbeinu. These two people, we find that they were afraid, and they were scared, but Yaakov, Hashem promised him, he said, I'll be with you, I'll protect you. And yet, Yaakov is afraid. And also by Moshe Rabbeinu, later on when he comes to Og in the Pasuk, in Midbar, it says, Hashem says, don't be afraid of him. So the message says, why is Hashem telling you don't be afraid? That means he was afraid. That's why Hashem says, don't be afraid. So the Medrash picks up and he says, look, these two most distinguished, they're both afraid. They were afraid, notwithstanding the fact that Hashem is the one that promised Yaakov that he's going to protect him, right? And Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, I'll be with you. So Hashem promised Yaakov and Hashem promised Moshe that he'll protect them, and yet they were afraid. So the question really is, is being afraid something which is proper? Should they be afraid? What is the Medrash trying to tell us? Is it trying to tell us, no, no, they shouldn't have been afraid. They should have trusted Hashem. Hashem promised them that He's going to protect them. No place for fear. Or maybe the verse is trying to tell you, no, it's notwithstanding. A natural, it's a natural feeling. You're afraid. But we're talking about distinguished people. So some people say that this is actually telling us the praise, that even though they were promised, but still, why were they afraid? They thought maybe they're not fit, maybe they're not worthy, maybe they sinned, maybe they've done. So even though Hashem has told them, He's promised them, they always looked at them. So, so basically the message here is, it doesn't matter that you got a promise from Hashem, it doesn't matter that... Uh, you were told that you'll be protected, but you you could you never think of yourself that you know that I'm really righteous. Maybe I I made a mistake. That's one. Rashi brings that down too with regards to Yaakov. So that's one way of looking at it. But there is another way of looking at it. Is that actually it was something that they were lacking? You know, you you said that naturally a person is afraid, but they should have. Trusted Hashem, you know, they should have trusted both Moshe Rabbeinu and Yaakov. Hashem said, don't worry. They shouldn't have second guessed and they shouldn't have to be in afraid, afraid of this. So, it seems like a person really should, the message, according to the other commentator, message is, according to, don't be afraid. Trust Hashem. Hashem will take care of you. So, but this needs to be explained. Why should a person not be afraid? I mean, it seems reasonable for a person to say, maybe I've done something wrong. 
how do I know that I am going to be protected? Now, here we're talking about people that were promised, specifically. Yaakov was promised by Hashem. Moshe was promised by Hashem. And still, they're afraid. But what about people that Hashem didn't promise them anything at all? You know, Can we be afraid? Can we be scared? And should we not worry about, uh, you know, maybe we're guilty of something. Maybe something bad is going to happen to us. Is it okay? Okay to worry about, you know, some people are big worriers. I tell the joke, you know, they're always worried about everything. So he says this guy, they were standing on the train on the platform over there. And this man, this young man goes over to, to this uh, person. He says, do you have the time? Can you tell me what time it is? And the guy ignores him. And he asks him again, can you tell me the time? This young man asks this older fellow, he ignores him. He's a Jewish guy. There were the only two, two Jewish-looking people with the yarmulkes over there on the platform and train station in New York City. And the guy ignores him. And finally, he's asked him a third time, can you tell me the time? And he didn't answer him again. He says, he says, why can't you just I'm not asking? I see you have a watch. I'm trying to ask you the time, but he says, look, I gotta tell you something. You know, you're asking me the time. Well, I know, and we're the only two Jews over here, so when we get into I'll tell you what time it is, and then, you know, we'll sit down, you know, in the train, you'll sit down next to me, and we'll go together till, you know, the train. we'll go to Kingston Avenue, stop, we'll both stop, <laughs> if it's a Lubavitcher, so we'll go, we'll go to Kingston Avenue, and we will have a shabuz over there, and then you're going to tell me that you don't have a place to stay for Shabbos. So I'm going to feel so uncomfortable. So I'm going to have to invite you to my house for Shabbos. <laughs> now he says, look, he says, look, you look like a, you know, a decent young man. And I have a daughter at home. <laughs> and you know what? She might like you. You might like her. So, so and then the next thing I'll know, you're going to say, you want to marry my daughter? You know what I'm saying? So tell me, young man, <laughs> what would I want uh, for my daughter, a man that doesn't even have a watch? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not even going to tell you the time. He's worried. <laughs> He's, people have a tendency, they're always worried about everything. You know, they, worry, they worry, they worry, worry about everything, you know, they just, that's, they live, they live and worry about everything, and therefore, that inhibits them. Okay, so, what is the idea? But this is really, you know, we talk about the Chagas Halavavis, we talk about in the obligation of the heart, is to have betochen, to trust Hashem. What, what does it mean when we talk about trusting Hashem? That doesn't mean that we believe that Hashem has the ability to save me from my problem, if I have a problem. This doesn't mean just I have the amuna that Hashem has the potential, has the ability. But when I say I trust Hashem, that means I actually trust Him in actuality. So that means I'm not worried at all. I am confident. I am so confident that I know that things will 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 work out, and I'm just not worried about it. I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, a person 
trust, as it says in the Chavis of you trust Hashem, that Hashem is going to do the good and the proper for him, and he trusts him. So, that means betochen. But the question really is, on what basis are we so sure? Why are we, we're saying you have to, but here you see these great tzaddikim, Moshe Rabbeinu and Yaakov, even though they were promised, and yet they were worried. Who says, how could I have betochen? How could I be sure that I am deservant of it? Who says maybe things will not not go the way I want? So, you know, we could explain it a little bit differently. We're not saying that the person who trusts Hashem means that he trusts, uh, that he knows that things will be good. No, that, that, that's not what means betochen. What he's trusting is that he trusts that everything comes from Hashem. And therefore, when you have a problem, it's not because somebody makes you a problem and therefore you're going to worry about it. No. Everything is from Hashem and therefore I have nothing to worry about. Let Hashem will do what He needs to do anyways. If I don't deserve anything bad because Hashem doesn't want anything bad to happen to me, so it's not going to happen to me. And even if it doesn't seem anything naturally that uh, I can protect or be protected, I don't see any way out. But Hashem can do anything He wants. So if Hashem wants me to be okay, Hashem wants me to be healthy, Hashem wants me to live, Hashem wants me to have what I need, so He'll give it to me. If Hashem does not feel that I deserve that kindness, in other words, I'm not worthy, maybe I need to be punished for something I've done, maybe I don't deserve, so you're still not... uh, going to be upset about it because it's not to do nothing has to do with what you think is happening over there it's all in Hashem's hand and therefore uh, I only worried about Hashem I'm not worried about these problems about anything else because since everything comes from Hashem so therefore and sometimes you know if Hashem does punish somebody it's probably for my benefit also so the main thing is the betochen means that you are calm about it. So what your situation is, so you don't worry about it, you don't lose any sleep over it, and you just put your trust in Hashem. But according to the way we're interpreting now, you're not saying that things will turn out what you want, the, the good for you. It may not be good for you, but you're still not going to worry about it. Why? Because it's all from Hashem. So Hashem will do what He wants. But, so therefore, that would mean uh that even though you're not sure that you're going to be protected from this thing, but you're still relaxed about it, you're calm about it, because you put your trust in Hashem. But the um, the reason why the problem that was by Yaakov and by Moshe, over there it seems that it says, over there it seems like they were upset. It seems like Moshe Rabbeinu and Yaakov, they were upset about it. That's something that we shouldn't get upset about. In other words, if Hashem promised them, even though they didn't know for sure, they didn't have to believe that things are going to turn out. Maybe they did a sin. Maybe they're not going to deserve. Okay. 
So if it's not going to happen, that's still not a reason for them to be uncomfortable. That would be the measure of betochen. Okay, so again, so what is the Rebbe suggesting here that perhaps, so where will what is the suggestion? The suggestion is over here, maybe betochen means, maybe trusting Hashem doesn't mean to trust Hashem. So first of all, we learned there is something which is called belief in Hashem. So belief in Hashem is something else. You believe that Hashem can do what He wants and He can protect you. That's fine. That's one thing. But then we have trust in Hashem. So usually we refer to trust in Hashem. You're trusting Hashem that things will turn out the way you want them to turn out, that it'll be good. So that, you know, whatever uh, you're going to do, whatever your decision, is going to end up good. What you think is a problem, it's going to end up good. That's what we normally explain, meaning trusting in Hashem. That third way, so if you're sick, you trust Hashem that you'll get healthy. Okay? So that's normally. But the Rebbe says, well, how do you know you're going to get healthy? Maybe, maybe, maybe you don't deserve to get healthy. I mean, how could you trust Hashem? So the Rebbe wants to stretch it and say, well, maybe what does it mean trusting? doesn't mean that you trust Hashem that it's going to be good, what you think is good. You trust Hashem that you don't worry about it. And which means you accept. Basically, what means you trust Hashem, you accept. And you say everything comes from Hashem. And therefore, if it's good, good. If it's not good, I still accept that. And I'm not worried about it. That means trusting Hashem. And the problem, what happened with Yaakov over there, that the Mephorshim explained, because they were upset about it. They were uncomfortable about it. Why be uncomfortable? Just accept it. But the Rebbe says that that's not really. That's not really. Because, so, when we usually talked about the word trusting Hashem, means literally, we trust Hashem that, you know, that you'll be okay, that you'll be good, that things will turn out literally. It doesn't just mean that you're not going to be worried about it, but it means not you're going to accept it, and that's why you're not going to worry, but it really means that you're actually going to turn out, things will turn out the right way, the way it should be for you, what you want to do. it. So, um, it turns out that really, um, who can really trust Hashem that things will be good? Is only someone who doesn't do anything wrong and he doesn't deserve anything bad. So that's the person who can say, oh, okay, I trust Hashem that nothing's going to happen to me because I know I didn't do anything wrong. But all of us who've done uh, something wrong in our lives and if we've made mistakes, we can't trust Hashem. But that's not because we don't know that it's going to happen. So why is it? How could we say that? So we have to say that there is something else. So, by the way, I just wanted to mention this, that one of the uh, rabbis in a yeshiva um, is, um, just was diagnosed with a terrible illness, and they're learning tonight, actually, on all over the yeshivas all over the world for his health. So I want to join, actually, in learning with his health, and I want to tell you the story now, which the Rebbe brings down of the Sicha, uh, he was a very popular yeshiva, had a lot, a lot of students, and all over, he's from Toronto. Uh, he's the main yeshiva, the rabbi of the main yeshiva there. I mean, you know, he used to actually, years ago he worked with me in the, when I was Rosh Yeshiva, he worked with me in the Lubavitch Yeshiva over here, Rabbi Wagner. Yeah. So uh, he was diagnosed with a terrible illness, and uh, I don't know. So so here was a, uh, a story about the Tzemach Tzedek that the previous Rebbe uh, used to uh, mention many times. 
that uh, somebody came and complaining uh, to the Rebbe to to Samach Tzedek to ask mercy. Somebody was in danger. His life was in danger. He was sick, dangerously sick. He was, uh, you know, I don't want to say terminally ill, but he was very, very sick. And he was begging that Samach Tzedek to ask for mercy to save this man's life, this person's life. And what did the Tzemach Tzedek told him? He told him, Tracht gut, this is Yiddish, sein gut. He says, be positive, think positive, then it will be good. So the connotation is here. He doesn't say trust Hashem. He says, your thing, your thought, that you are going to think good, your trust Hashem, that it will be good, that itself is going to bring about the uh, good results in the literal and the revealed way that we can actually see the good. So what the Rebbe explains is like this. So what does that mean? So when we, the Ebershter tells us, trust him, trust Hashem, throw Hashem, that's not a uh, automatic or that doesn't follow just because I believe in Hashem and everything is in hands of Hashem. Hashem is usually a compassionate and a merciful one and therefore I believe that things may turn out or could turn out for the good. Okay, that's not a special command. You have to trust Hashem. Then that's part of believing in Hashem. If you believe in Hashem, so you know that Hashem is a compassionate and Hashem can do things in a kind way. But this is something, a specific obligation that we tell a person, which is not easy, we tell a person that you should rely and lean only on Hashem. So throw your lot in the hands of Hashem. Hashlich al Hashem Throw on Hashem your whole thing. You have nobody else to lean on in this world without Hashem. <laughs> and um, the Rebbe explains, this is also what the Chayvah Salavav is, who talks a lot about the obligations of the heart to trust Hashem, what it means that it is like a, uh, a slave who is incarcerated and he is in, uh, in the pit in his master's house. That he knows that there's nobody else. Only the master has, he's in a pit. There's nothing. He doesn't have anything. And there's nobody else that can help him or do it. Only his master is over there. The Ebrister is your master. You put it in your head. The only one who could do good or bad for me is Hashem. Nobody else. So, therefore, you know, the natural situation is no longer relevant over here. Because... If it's me and Hashem in this world, and Hashem is not bound uh, by nature, by anything else, so therefore, I rely on Hashem, so Hashem can do anything. It's not, he's not, there's nothing else that, again, that doesn't take away from having to put all efforts, whatever you can do, literally, but your trust is totally in Hashem. So basically what it means that a person should 
say to in his mind, I am going to trust Hashem that He's going to do good to me in a way that is going to be revealed and openly, even if I'm not uh, deserving of this kindness. I still trust Hashem. Which means it's not because Hashem could do miracles and Hashem is limitless and He can do various different things. So, And therefore, I'm going to sit back and Hashem is going to be good to me. And He's going to give me anyways. No. It requires something uh, that you have to work. Because if you're going to say that everything is going to be always good, so what does it mean? There's reward, there's punishment for good or for bad. It's everything is going to be good. Everything is good, all good, no, nothing bad. Well, there's, no, there's no, there's no such a thing. There is. So it doesn't mean that just automatic, everything is going to be good. But when you say trust Hashem, that's hard labor in your soul. That's something which, not you believe that it's going to change. It's something to bring. In other words, that itself, that hard work in trusting Hashem, which is not easy to trust Hashem, that belief that you turn yourself over to Hashem, and when you put that effort in, that brings the kindness of Hashem as a result from your hard work and effort to trust Hashem. When you deeply, with the depth of your soul, you trust only Hashem, and you don't worry, so that arousal sort of impacts that Hashem will actually conduct yourself in such a way that he'll do good to him, even if, besides, if he didn't have that trust, maybe Hashem, he didn't deserve. But you change string around. It's like doing teshuva, that you did, you're doing something more. Your ability to trust, to give yourself over to Hashem, that will bring about actually the salvation. In other words, that's sort of a reward for trusting Hashem. And when you do that, and if you trust Hashem beyond reason, then Hashem treats you also with beyond reason. If you trust Hashem, you say, no reasons, I have no reason to know that you're going to take care of me, and yet I take you, I trust you, you take care of me, then Hashem treats you the same way. If you throw yourself totally on Hashem, then Hashem treats you. Even if logically it seems like uh, I don't deserve for it to be good for me. And maybe I've done things wrong, maybe not. But in return for you acting like that to Hashem, Hashem acts back. And this is what the Tzavach Tzedek says. If you think positive, which means that that effort of being positive, because you see, naturally, the doctors have given up hope. They say there's nothing to do. So, and so naturally... You should go along with what they tell you. It doesn't make any sense. But if you can trust Hashem and say, no, whatever Hashem, I trust Hashem is going to be good, then Hashem will treat you that way also. So that's why the Rebbe explains, the Torah is trying to tell us the story of Yaakov, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu, when he said, he heard that the Egyptian was saying to him, Oh, are you intending to kill me uh, like you killed the Mitzri? This is coming to teach us a foundation and a basis of trusting Hashem. 
teaching us that if you trust Hashem, that will bring the salvation of Hashem. If you don't trust Hashem, then you're going to be in trouble. Uh, a person who does not escape his problem is because he didn't trust Hashem. Maybe if you trusted Hashem, then that problem would have gone away. So that's why the Torah puts it together. Moshe was scared. He says, oh, people find out. Soon afterward, the Pasuk says, okay, Pyro wants to kill uh, Moshe Rabbeinu. Because Moshe was scared, and he didn't trust Hashem. He thought, maybe nothing wrong is going to come from it. So therefore, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu should have known, here he's two Yidin are fighting, so he's trying to protect, to do what the right thing. He got, got involved, Moshe Rabbeinu. So don't be afraid if you got involved. The contrary, this tells us about Moshe Rabbeinu's greatness, that he took a stand, he saw, he didn't look the other way. Moshe Rabbeinu could have been the palace. You know, we spoke uh, last year or another year, we gave a whole class on that also about Moshe Rabbeinu's leadership qualities was that he took a stand. He didn't just sit back and... and you know, and, and and just look the other way and say, I'm not getting involved. But yet, after he took this stand, he was worried. The Torah tells us, okay, so uh, Paro finds out about it, and then he gets in trouble. If he wouldn't have said that, if we trusted Hashem, then he wouldn't get in trouble. And that's why the Pasuk also says, Vayoymer. He said it was known. Why did he have to say he should have just, he should have, he should have said, the Pasuk should have said, okay, not that he said that it was known, but it was known. But because it wasn't that Moshe Rabbeinu was just thinking so in his heart, but he also expressed it verbally, which gives more, increases the lack of trust in Hashem. It's one thing in your heart you have <laughs> doubts, but then not only did Moshe Rabbeinu say, Oh, I'm afraid. But not only did he have in his mind, you know, oh, people know about it. He's worried about his mind, but he actually expressed his that. That was the word, yeah. So what about Abraham when he was taking Sarah and he put the same thing and he put yeah. it in the box? Did, yeah. So he took precaution. Did he have? Was there any sense of fear? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't say in the pasuk fear. He's not mentioned in one of those. But again, this is not at all. Uh, to take away in a situation to do naturally. Right. It seems, it seems like, uh, you know, if there's two ways, you know, like, you know, there's two possibilities, and you tr- that, that's not such a big trust. When do you need to trust Hashem, you know? Uh, like when the Jews were standing in the ocean in front of them, mm-hmm. the Egyptian behind them, nowhere to go. Then the only thing you do is trust Hashem. Uh, but, you know, if you have an escape route, you know, then it's what's plan B, you know, we're, we're being attacked, you know, there's always, you have, you know, if you really trust Hashem means you don't have a plan B, you don't have, you have to trust Hashem, you know, you don't, you don't know how am I going to get out of this problem, you know, I have a problem, how am I going to get out of the problem, and then all of a sudden the sea splits and lets you through, it's not a, not a you know, we trust Hashem, it's through. so by uh, Abram and Sarah, you know, he hit her because that was... Was that Bitochon also? 
Well, he, at least he trusted it. They did discover her, you know, in right. the end, they, they discovered her. So it didn't help, and they took but her the to the house is, of Paru. He did that as a precaution, but later yeah. on, Yaakov, when he hired Dina in the box, it's brought down that that was a negative thing that he some, had done that. Uh, at some level, it was a negative, at some level, yeah. Avraham hit Sarah in a box? Yeah, no. Okay, so, so, yeah. I just, I just, yeah. it's a, a little concern. It's a little concerning to yes. me. So is that to say that everyone who trusts in God and really believes nothing bad's going to happen to them, so does that mean that anyone who something bad happens to, like a victim, um, it's their fault? So like blame the victim? No, I don't know that we're saying that. We're trying to, uh, we're talking about uh, a person who is uh, sick in bed. Uh-huh. This rabbi, I'll give you an example now. So they diagnosed him, I'm assuming they diagnosed him with an advanced stage of cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, So. I'm I'm just guessing because they made such a big to do about it, mm-hmm. and they're saying tell him for him. So I'm yeah. assuming that he's pretty bad off. That that's what I, I don't know firsthand. But so the question is, uh, can you trust Hashem that He will try to be do well? So that's 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 where the trust comes in to but trust so Hashem. Now, does it mean if he dies, that, then, then that, does that no, mean he didn't the, trust God? No. That doesn't mean, no, just like it doesn't mean. You, said like, you mentioned before that you trust in Hashem. You hope that it's going to end in a revealed good. But it takes like, the it worry away. It, it just takes the worry away so that you're living peacefully. Uh, no, but, but listen, but really, you know, do we, we don't know at the end of the day, uh, we don't know what goes on behind the curtain. I mean, we can only decide, you know, what Hashem's, what's going on over there, why Hashem does what he does, that's not something we know. So do you, if your question is, why is there some people, people die from illness, illnesses all the time, and it doesn't mean that they didn't trust Hashem, but they trust Hashem. That, but here we're talking about somebody is in a state, he came to the Rebbe, and he said, please pray for my uh, very ill person over there who's dying. Please pray. And the Rebbe advised him that if you throw your trust in Hashem, then that's a way of earning Hashem's healing. So that's just a another way of telling do something about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just gonna cry about it, but the Rebbe said that's a very hard. If you can sort of force yourself to uh, trust Hashem in a way when everything seems hopeless or mm-hmm. seems like lost, and you can trust Hashem then that reward for that trust Hashem is that Hashem will help you in that way. Does it mean it has to help you? It's always going to help? I'm not saying no, probably, sometimes yes, sometimes no. But, but it, there is hope. It seems to be that when there's hope, then there's peace of mind. Yes. And so that in itself is, is a gift. A gift. Yeah. It's yeah. Hashem helping. Yeah. But I guess the Rebbe's, the Rebbe's uh, point over here, the real point is is. It's hard work to trust. Yes, mm-hmm. It's very hard to trust because, Absolutely. you know, logically, you know that in the old nature, words of nature, it doesn't work. So it's very hard. But if you work so hard to trust Hashem, that trachtkut is actually will bring about Zodzayin good. That will help you, even though it's hard, even though it's hard. And, uh, and but the Rebbe brings this out as we started off. You know, sometimes we don't believe that I cannot be 
more religious than I am. I do the best I can. I don't believe there are so many obstacles. I got so many things hindering me. I got so many things in my way. I don't believe that I can do it. I don't believe I can do it. I mean, but the Rebbe says that if you can trust Hashem, that put your mind to it, that if you trust Him that you will do it, then all of the obstacles will, will disappear. They will no longer be there. Then you, you will be able to do it. If you will be positive that you want to accomplish your spiritual level where you want to be, then you'll see, then you will accomplish that. And all the obstacles that are in the way will sort of fall to the wayside. And you will actually have visibly good and revealed good in a very practical way. And um, just like um, it says that why, how the Jews were released from Egypt, but they trusted Hashem. Zchus of the bitochon. They said the ladies. We and the ladies, yeah. And it was yeah. the women that had this. So the same word. thing is now. The fact that we hope and we believe and we trust Hashem, uh, that we trust that shows love that Hashem is going to bring us Mashiach, that actually brings us the merit that uh, we'll have the true ruler. Which also explains why is the Rebbe always telling us we want Mashiach now, we want to. What do we want Mashiach? David still will bring Mashiach when he sees fit. Because he doesn't. Hashem needs us to tell him when to bring Mashiach, or I, you know. But the merit for asking for Mashiach, trusting Hashem that he will bring Mashiach, that brings Mashiach. So it's, it's sort of being able to trust Hashem. But what it really means is it's not an easy task, it's a challenge. Because you know, in the uh, natural way of things and the things, the way we look and the way we live, we don't see that. That's something which, but we say, no, we can do it. And that's, in a way, the Rebbe puts Moshe Rabbeinu in a negative way in this case. He says, oh, I'm afraid. So it happened to you. But if you're not afraid, then it won't happen to you. Anyways.